New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, my brother and sister podcasters. This is Steve Austin. I'm the prison ministry pastor here at New Vision. And I am bringing you today's podcast from James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord in Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him which whom we belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Wow. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So what's the point of the text? Well, verse one reveals that clearly. (laughs) We must not show favoritism. Wow. So why should we not show favoritism? Well, because God doesn't show favoritism. Peter, preaching an amazing sermon in Acts chapter 10, 34, says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Again, Romans, Paul in uh, Romans chapter 2, 11, for God does not show favoritism. So why does God not show favoritism? Well, he doesn't show favoritism because he is creator and we are created. Why would the creator show favoritism towards something that he has created? Well, of course he wouldn't and therefore he doesn't. But as for us, We are all on the same playing field. So why would we choose to show favoritism? Well, here's a little bit of introspection if you listen. Here's why. There's something in it for us. That's why we show favoritism. Those we show favoritism to either have something to offer us that will help us gain some sort of edge in life or It'll help us fulfill our own life vision or simply put, thirdly, by showing favoritism, that sometimes helps us feel better about ourselves because we associate with this someone that we assume is 
better than us or has more or is more than us. Mm. And by choosing to let one have a premium place to sit as the scripture unfolds, while the other gets an undesirable spot, we show favoritism. Verse 4 says, Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So, when pastoring my first church, I was trying to illustrate this very point. So, Michelle and I went to, uh, we went to Party City and I dressed up like a homeless man. I went outside that morning. I rolled around in the dirt. I got super dirty. I ripped my clothes and um, I had full facial hair. I had a big long wig. You couldn't even see in my eyes. So I stood at the crossroad connecting the four-lane highway out on the south end of Murfreesboro where the church was located right off of Little Country Road. So parishioners were coming from the south. They would see me standing there in the little crossroad and uh, as they turned into the road that the church was on. So those coming from town, that was from the south end, those coming from town, they would have to stop and look toward Shelbyville. And I was standing right there with a big cardboard sign. And it was so funny because as they would pull up, it's like they would look over there, they would see me, they would have to look my direction. I strategically was standing on the side, they would have to look toward me to see the traffic coming. They would stop, glance in that direction, and then turn their head toward the direction that no traffic could come on a on a two-lane highway going one direction. They would stare the other direction just to keep from making eye contact with me. It was so just funny as I was just... Uh, uh, experiencing that whole thing. Well, it, it really wasn't funny, but anyway. Um, so um, I walked about a quarter mile down to the church, and upon walking into the sanctuary, I slowly made my way to each row, looking at each person on each row, waiting to see who would move over and offer me a seat. No one moved or even looked in my direction. I remember, just like it was yesterday, and this was years ago, their white knuckles gripping the pew in front of them. So as I made my way from pew to row to row to row down the center aisle, the only seat that was available was on the very, very front row. So I took a seat. After the music was finished, whispers pierced the silence. I could hear them whispering, Where's Steve? He needs to deal with this guy. Where's Steve? He's always here. He's not here today. So after about two long minutes of not knowing what was about to happen, I slowly made my way to the pulpit. I held up my cardboard sign, which said in big letters, LOST. Family, car, home, job. And then at the bottom it said, will someone please help me? So I said, as I stood up and held the sign, I said, what part of lost do we as this body in this church not understand? Man, it was a powerful moment. God used that event to reveal the condition of the heart of us as a church and several lessons were learned and we grew as a result. So let me wrap this up. What's the remedy when we find ourselves showing favoritism? Well, we all need God's perspective in all things. Verse 5 reveals his perspective. You see, 
Seeing through God's lens creates our only opportunity in life to live truly free. Verse 5 says, Has not God chosen the, those things and those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? So, seeing through God's eyes, we see things that are unseen. We Conquer by submitting. We find rest while being under a yoke. We lead by serving. We are made great by seeing ourselves as small. We're lifted up by being nothing. We become wise by being fools for Christ's sake. We are made free by becoming slaves. We gain strength when we are most weak. We win through defeat. We live by dying. We give away to receive. We become first by being last. We experience great joy through our most difficult times. Listen, when we fear God correctly, we have nothing to fear from Him. Wow! We lose our life in order to find it. When we see value in others who appear to have no value to the world, we are seeing finally through God's eyes. So, in summary, there's no better way to close this out than with the scripture itself from verse 8. I'll start there. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture to love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. And I do not want to be on the end of that stick. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.